over four teaching friends from across the country. Who've discovered that if you don't laugh, you cry and lose sight of your why. I'm Retta. I'm Deanne. I'm Tracy. And I'm Kathy. And we teach so hard. Welcome to our newest book talk theme episode featuring children's literature you can use in your classroom. Every second Tuesday of the month, we teach so hard, we'll be featuring themed children's literature. These special podcasts are filled with four recommendations, usually more, and lesson ideas <laughs> that you can use in your classroom the very next day. So let's get started, ladies. I like that music. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can put this episode in your pocket. Today, we're talking about poetry books. It's the perfect time for this episode because April is National Poetry Month. Teaching poetry can feel daunting at times, especially if it's not a favorite text type of yours. But fear not, we've got some great recommendations for you. Let's all talk about our books. Okay, well, I'll start. And yes, I have two, but I'm only going to talk about one in depth. So <laughs> the first book okay. is actually a book for teachers. And it's by one of my favorites, Reggie Routman. And it's called Teaching Third and Fourth Graders to Love Writing Poetry. And she has ones for different grade levels. And in it, she uses student samples to actually teach. What I love about it is it's teaching teachers how to draw out poetry from their kids without being rhyming poetry. And mm -hmm. she talks about the, like using those small moments. So anyway, that's all I have to say about that. But it's wonderful. Look it up. It's it's I use it every year. Um, but the other poetry book, which is for your kids to read and for you to read to them, is called Love to Mama. And it's edited by Pat Mora. And she also contributed to this beautiful and celebratory collection. 13 different poets write with joy and humor and love about that powerful bond between mothers and grandmothers and children. But this is not only about mothers, but women who are important in our lives. And what I love too is this particular book is all about Latina women. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just the, the illustrations are gorgeous. Um, it, it makes your students take a look at things a little bit differently. It's perfect time to think about maybe writing some poetry for Mother's Day, which is coming up after, you know, April after Poetry Month. And it's mm -hmm. just, it's the, 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 the poems will get your kids energized. It'll get them thinking. It's just really a lovely book. So love yeah. to mama. Yes. Sounds good. Well, I found uh, something called Children's Treasury of Classic Poetry, and it's compiled by Nicola Baxter. And I really love the classics, you know, um, The Owl by Alfred Lloyd Tennyson, The Swing by Robert Louis Stevenson. Oh, oh how I love to go up in the swing. Up oh, in the I know. I know. And El Dorado by Poe. I love Poe. And The Tiger by William Blake. I like him too. So it's just got some really wonderful poems. That's a good collection. Yeah. Yes. Well, my book is a new one that I found. Um, it's called Enormous Smallness, A Story of E.E. E. Cummings by Matthew Burgess. And I am so excited about this book, primarily because I'm a poetry geek. If you haven't picked up on that yet. It's, <laughs> yep, we know. We know. <laughs> it's the best kind of geek to be. 
Thank you. (laughs) I also adore E.E. Cummings because um, his poems to me are like unpacking a treasure chest. There's always a little bit of mystery because of his wordplay. So the cool thing about this book, it's gorgeous, and it tells kind of a biography. It it tells about E.E. Cummings, and his poetry is woven in the illustrations. It's very cool. And you get a sense of who he was as a person, the way the author writes the story of his growing up and how he, he came to be lowercase e, lowercase e, and lowercase c, right? Oh, I was um, just going to ask if it's written in all lowercase. So it is? No, the, it's not. The, the book itself isn't, but anytime oh, okay. it's got e come words, it is. Oh, okay. Um, so it's it's beautifully done. And I love... What I love about this is it's not, I love a good poetry collection, but I love that this was kind of a hybrid text. It's it's a biography of a famous poet, so it's a great way to introduce kids to E.E. E. Cummings, but it also has his poems woven in. And then in the back end, it shares um, one, two, three, four, five of his poems um, that could be used with kids. Um, my favorite one in just spring, when the world is mud luscious, the little lame balloon man whistles far, and we and Eddie and Bill come running from marbles and piracies, and it's spring when the world is puddle wonderful, and it goes on. I just mm, love, I love, love, love. I love muddle wonderful. That's <laughs> great. Muddle you can just wonderful. picture it. And that's Cummings. I mean, his language yes. play, and yeah. kids love. They are his. His poems are like little puzzles for them. Um, to, to kind of unwind and see what is it he's, he's trying to say and communicate here. So that's my recommendation. Oh, I want to check that one out. If you're looking for good teacher book for poetry, you must check out Georgia Hurd. She has two books. They're older, but they're phenomenal. And this woman will make you want to just curl up with a glass of, with a cup of tea and a warm blanket for the good of the earth and sun is one and the other one is awakening the heart using poetry with uh, elementary students. It's phenomenal. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> wow. Okay, I have to find the the name of the author. Okay, I'll I'll look for it later. Um all right, I had like six I want to tell you about. Read my blog <laughs> post. Um briefly <laughs> Marie's Big Adieu um, which what is a wonderful story of a little girl who is about to move from the country to the city and she's leaving her very best friend in the world who's been her friend mm. forever. And it's all told in poetry and it's just gorgeous, beautiful illustrations. Mama, Where Are You From? by Marie Bradby, which I love, love, love for Mother's Day. And I have a blog post about that too. I'm not going to bore you with that. But while I was looking at all, <laughs> at all this stuff, I, I found... Um, I found so many things, but then I found this gorgeous book. If you have, I'm going to stretch it and say fourth grade, but if you have like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and if you have some art in your soul or you have an art teacher that's a good Mm -hmm. friend or that you could turn into a good friend, (laughs) this is gorgeous. You need this book just for your coffee table if you have a coffee table. Conversation in Porcelain and Poetry. Ooh, I, I like that title. I know you need one, right? Yeah. And it's, it's by two sisters. 
and um, it's in my blog post. One, the illustrator, I think, is Wendy Mulhern. I can't remember the the ceramic artist name. Anyway, one is a ceramic artist and one is a poet, these two sisters. And they compare with these gorgeous photographs of the pottery that this one sister has created, the lighting and the background, mm. everything about it is beautiful. Um, they, they'll juxtapose that with a poem that her sister's written about that piece. And they tie it together by saying that the sculptures are vessels that actually hold liquids, hold grain, hold things that we want to protect from the elements. Mm -hmm. And poems are vessels that hold ideas, that hold different ways of using language. And it's words, ideas, and and just nothing short of amazing. You've got to look at that book. Take the time Converse, conversation in porcelain and poetry. Okay. I got to look for that. Sounds beautiful. So I'm already, I'm already thinking about like, okay, how many Amazon gift cards do I have left? I know it's expensive. It is, I, Take I, it out of the library. I bet some libraries have I, it. I, uh, I need to possess books. I'm mm -hmm. not a good library. I am not a good library subject. because this, this is one to possess. I promise you. Yes. So like all of these sound awesome. Let's talk about the ways that we would you would use your book to get kids talking. Um, often we use poetry books to teach creative writing and figurative language, but we sometimes forget that poetry is a fantastic way to teach reading comprehension and fluency. So in Reader's Workshop, what discussion strategies would you use with some of these books? Oh, well, <laughs> I'm talking about colorful language, but I can't help it because this, this book has so much colorful language, so many sensory words that are used. And I would, you know, discuss that with my kids and make them really aware of it. Um, and then I would have the kids pick out the figurative language and we'd break into groups and write possibly a group poem using figurative language and then act out the poem. So... Mm -hmm. mm. I love it. Yes. Well, one of my favorite ways is to do a guided close read, especially when you're unpacking poetry for the first time with kids. Um, the first time I read the poem aloud to the students, and I just, I don't even give them a copy. I just want them to listen and soak it in. And then I ask them to turn and talk. What did they hear? What caught their attention? And, and talk with each other. Then we read it again, and this time they have a copy. And they take time to highlight um, lines or words or stanzas that stand out to them. And then finally, we divide the poem up into sections, and we take turns, individual readers or small groups taking a section and reading it aloud. Again, underlining things we find especially um, powerful. And a sentence phrase word, which is a visible thinking routine um, for making thinking visible is a really great way to um, unpack a poem because after you read it with kids, sentence phrase word asks kids to choose a sentence that really stands out to them, something they want to talk about, a phrase, and then a word. And those three things can't be connected. You know, you can't pick a sentence and then the phrase within the sentence and then the word within the sentence. That'd be so, easy. 
it really stretches it out and it gets the kids really talking about what it is they're hearing and what it is they're feeling and what it is they're noticing about the poem. And then um, sometimes when I go from there, um, using choreography for kids to understand what a poem means as a, as a method of kind of diving into the meaning of a poem. So um, in the past, what I've done is I've asked kids, okay, if, this, if I was going to recite this like a performance piece, how would you move to it? What, what would your body do here? And why would your body do that? Why would you choose to make it look like that instead of like this? Um, and so it gets them thinking about, okay, if I was going to quote unquote choreograph this poem, what is it I have to communicate? Um, anytime I can bring in other sign systems like this into Reader's Workshop, I'm, I'm so happy. So that's one of the things that I um, would do and have done with poems in the past. Well, okay. kids, so, as you were saying that, Tracy, I was just they, thinking movement. I I am so self-conscious that I <laughs> that I could not picture myself doing it, but I could imagine doing this with kids and they immediately would go into movements. But Kathy, you lose that self-consciousness mm -hmm. when you're with the kids. I even sang with my kids and I don't sing anywhere for anyone because <laughs> it's yeah. really bad. But they, they were used to it. I would I would move. And that, that was what I was just going to talk about, Tracy, the rhythm, the rhythm mm -hmm. in the poems. Yes. Um, and, you know, going back to Mama, Where Are You From? Just mm -hmm. talking about how the, it's a free verse poem, but it flows and it has a definite rhythm to it. Mama, yeah. where are you from? Where are you from, Mama? I'm from Monday mornings washing loads of clothes in the ringer washer and peach baskets full of laundry to mm -hmm. hang on the clothesline strung from tree to tree, the sun bleaching the sheets, the wind whipping them dry. You don't just say I'm from somebody who did a lot of laundry when I was growing up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, there's a rhythm and a cadence to it. I and love that. it's just, it's delicious to just, you know, let those words I'm thinking about what motion would I make with my body on the word whipping, right? right, whipping, right. right. And I'm thinking about how would I move my body to this? Absolutely. Yeah. Take out your music teacher silk scarves and have them, yes. you know, do, do the rhythm with those. Like the ideas are just all flowing here, but um, yeah, definitely the music and the rhythm that you find in poetry. Mm -hmm. Yes. And kids naturally start to kind of sway and move as, as you read poetry too. Mm -hmm. I love, I love listening to both of you read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, I, I've done similar to you, Tracy, where I've read the poetry to kids first without them having it in front of them. And then once mm -hmm. I, you know, and having them close their eyes and picture it you know, what are you feeling? What are you seeing? Why do you think, I, I go into a lot of why do you think that particular poet chose, we, we look a lot at word choice. Um, mm -hmm. And that just reminded me, Retta, as you were just saying, you wouldn't say you do the laundry, but look at, listen right. to the difference, right? And I just, I love that, just getting kids to be aware of it. Um, we focus a lot on imagery in the poems, but also bringing that voice in. And I think mm -hmm. one of the hardest things my kids have trouble with is wanting to write poetry as prose. You know what I mean? Like they want to add mm -hmm. in every, every article, every <laughs> unimportant mm -hmm. word 
And so we teach them how to like cut things out in yes. order to make yes. it sound more like poetry and things. So mm-hmm. we just, we do a lot of like close read type of reading with poetry and we do it a lot with song lyrics too, because they mm-hmm. love that. I said song, you know, song lyrics, the poetry set to music. Exactly. So, I'm getting excited. You know, uh, <laughs> and going on too, with what you said, Kathy, I was thinking about how um, oftentimes what I'll do is, Another way to teach like a reading, you know, read between the lines inferring kind of thing is for them to think about the poet as a real flesh and blood person, which they are. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at their words, um, this is another kind of routine. What can, can we step inside their perspective? How are they feeling? What gives us clues about that? How do we know and develop theories about these people and what they wrote? And what it tells us about them as human beings. Mm. Um, And we actually write the theories down. I think E.E. Cummings was a playful person. I think Kathy Cummings um, had a sense of humor. I think E.E. Cummings um, was sad when he wrote this. And I think that because, right? So it's really getting them to read closely and make inferences Yes. Um, based on that, on what they're seeing in the poems. Mm. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Let's teach together. We can do poetry. Yes, oh. yes. That would be oh, great. Yes. So now let's talk about the activities you see yourself doing with your book. We've talked about how we would use this for in our reader's workshop, but what activities would you do beyond just discussing? Okay, so I had a huge brainstorm with this book, um, Enormous Smallness, A Story of E.E. E. Cummings. Um, one of the things that I just hold so precious about poetry is that it can be about the most insignificant things that really aren't insignificant once you start to look at them. And I had sent out an all call throughout our school district asking people to save Altoid tins for me. And I got, I now have Altoid tins coming out of my ears and I'm delighted about it. Um, And I had this idea, this whole thing about enormous smallness. I um, decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to take, have an Altoid tin for each student. They were not not going to know what's inside them. And I'm on one of my many hikes. I'm going to collect small things out in nature, whether it's a piece of cedar tree, you know, a little cedar branch, whether it's a pine cone, a small little pine cone, whether it's a, um, an acorn, a feather, a shell, a rock, these tiny little things that exist in nature that we just go by all the time. And then when they get their um, Altoid mint tin and they open it up, they have to look closely at the thing that's in there. And then their goal is to try and describe it. And what is it? is it significant it It looks insignificant but what's significant about it 
I wondered what you were doing with those tins. That is fabulous. And then the the Altoid tin will then eventually turn into an accord, a a tiny accordion book about their poem. I mean, it will be, it will house their, their significant poem. Um, What kind of little things are you putting in there, Trace? So like the tip of a, a, like a, a little cedar branch, right? The tip of a, you know, how you cedar smells and you can snip off a little bit, a leaf that I found, a tiny seashell, a bird feather, some oh bark. Oh my gosh, they're going to love you know, that. Oh my. A, a fern, um, a mushroom, you know, just all kinds of little tiny things that are, we pass by every day without looking at them closely. What makes them significant? So, oh my gosh. Are you going to put that in your blog post so somebody can just follow I along? I am. I'm going to put it in my blog post. And I am. I want to see samples. I'm working, on a, um, I'm working on a product with it, too. And that kind of made me think of Georgia O'Keeffe, you know, which I do have a product and a blog post about where she took something that looked insignificant and blew it up big, right? Yes. And and the poetry that yeah, comes with that as well. So those are my two activity-based um, lesson ideas, and I'll be blogging about them. So be sure to check. Love all it. Check all of our blogs because we have tons of ideas. Oh my Tracy, God. I was, <laughs> Tracy, I was I was just thinking about something when you were talking about putting the little things in the tins. Mm-hmm. Have you thought of doing something else with the, out, out having them like look at them, like close their eyes and like smell them, touch them, feel them? Yes. That yes, might work yes. well too. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That'd be yeah. fabulous. That would be definitely. Okay, so I have an idea or two. Um, one of them is watercolor scenes. I was thinking in Marie's Big Adieu, you know, c- comparing the city and the country, the life she had with her friend, make a scene from that. Um, I would use those watercolor pencils. I'd use black um permanent marker first fine point mm-hmm. and well pencil first then black permanent marker then I'd use the watercolor pencils to fill in and just soften them out with water um, on little sponges little pieces of sponge I would use for that one um, you could do the same thing with mama where are you from and do then and now how mama used to wash clothes and you know help her mother prepare dinner and how you do those things now And then one that I did every year for our portfolio with the free verse poem, Where Are You From? The kids would write their own. And I know it's all over the Internet. People are doing that all the time. Mm -hmm. Where You know, the the kid's name, Where Are You From? Mm -hmm. So I'd have them write their Where Are You From? poem. But um, the way I would print it was to take a picture of the kid. And it could be a full-length picture doing something or it could just be their face. And then um, make a watermark or an overlay of it in the in your printing options. Mm-hmm. Like I think in PowerPoint, you would you'd go to layouts and um, and you'd find select image for you know for a watermark. And so the image would be very pale printed out on the background of your paper, and then the text of their poem would be in front in in black ink, mm. and it makes a gorgeous portfolio piece or Mother's Day gift or, you know, however you want to do it. I love Ooh. that idea. Yes. Do you have samples of that in your blog post? I have samples of it in the blog post. I believe that's about uh, Mama, where are you from? If they aren't there, I'll find a couple and edit it. 
Yay. Okay. <laughs> I think they're in there, though. I'm wanting to do so many of these things now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, but you need samples to get going quickly, right? That's why That's why we write our posts the way we do. That's right. That's right. Well, the artwork in um, in my book also is just gorgeous. And I think because it is all Latina poets, the um, as soon as you look at the illustrations, you're going to think something, you know, South American, something like it's bright, bright, bright colors, really bold colors. Um, yeah. So I was thinking, to, you know, finding different artists for them to study the type of art so that when we do our writing, we can also illustrate in that same kind of art. Um, there's a lot of beautiful poems, like this one here is called Palomita, wearing a sky blue skirt embroidered by an old woman named Consuelo from a story she told mommy a long time ago on her island, a cuento in gold, brown, and silver threads, a shower of sunlight falling like drops of gold on a little golden girl who turns into a silver dove and flies around and around a blue sky. My mommy is walking with me in the park. Palomita, Palomita is the name she calls me, her little dove. Happy to be going anywhere mm. with her. And then the, the poem goes on, but it's like the language is so beautiful. And then the illustrations go with that. So I was thinking, even if, you know, of course, to be very cognizant, if any of my students do not have a mother or mother figure, they could be any woman mm -hmm. in their life, you know, anyone who has means something to them, but writing something similar, like what nicknames does your, does your, um, mother or your aunt or whoever you're writing about call you what are some little small moments you do together and it's kind of picking up the rhythm of that of of the poetry as samples and then doing the artist study yeah. and then doing illustrations it, it, it'll be so beautiful i'm so excited that is exciting oh, oh my gosh it's gonna be a great month yep yeah <laughs> it, is. it is well the one that i've i've you know will do is, or would like to do if I were teaching right now, <laughs> is um, I would play classical music because it flows with the poetry. And since I have classical poetry, classical music will work. Ah, and yeah. <laughs> I would have them, they could either move to the music a little bit too, but I would eventually have them write some free form poems about the images that the music brings to their mind, images that mm. they see. Nice. Nice connection. <laughs> okay, so we've got one more thing we want to talk to our listeners about today, and I'm so excited about this. I always get excited. Let's talk about what are some things that you could connect to your book. We know that um, one of the most powerful things you can do with a book is to make personal, textual, or world connections. And so how are you going to set that up for your students? What could you connect to the book that you're suggesting? So I think a lot of my mind just has to do with what I had just talked about too, is really connecting with the art and mm -hmm. find, finding the different artists to really look at their ideas um, and focusing mm -hmm. on the feelings. And also maybe not just mothers, even though that's, this particular book is about mothers, but just people mm -hmm. who mean something to the kids. It might be a nice way to just bring in other adults or even friendships. Ah. My idea was kind of like that, too, besides connecting to music and movement, the theme of family and friendship yes. and how 
family isn't always the people that you were born to and who live in your house. And, you know, um, and sometimes friends are like family, family is like friends and, you know, just talk about different book stories and even movies that, that have those themes. Mm -hmm. Great. Mine, um, I've decided to, to try and think about it in terms of art as well. Um, and instead of making a text-to-text connection, I thought about what would it be like if I curated some images from our local art museum of, you know, famous paintings that they have. And I put those up for the kids and I asked them, hey, which painting would you match with one of these five E.E. E. Cummings poems? So the one I started to read earlier about in just spring um, you know, I was looking and I thought there's one by this woman named Florence Stettheimer's called Love Flight of a Pink Candy Heart. And it's all this effervescent color of yellows and pinks. And it, it's just like a circus going on. It's so, wow. it's so full of joy. And so to have kids like make connections that way, um, how would how would this poem connect to this artwork? And would it connect to the artwork? Um, and so to let them make those connections and try to explain them. So that's kind of what I would do with mine. Very fun. Beautiful. Oh yeah. Well, I think, um, I have nothing else to say right now. I have, um, I was going to, you know, just say something about another little book that I read. Um, it's called life doesn't frighten me at all by Maya Angelou. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> such a beautiful little book. And, you know, I would just talk about things that frighten them and have them list things that do frighten them and don't frighten them and have them write like a little list poem about mm-hmm. either things that frighten them or don't. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's, it's a beautiful little book and it's beautifully illustrated. So it is, that is a good one. Yeah. And the cool thing about your book that the first one that you suggested, Deanne, the um, anthology is that there are, I'm sure, ways, things that you can connect in that anthology to that more, you know, um, uh, more recent publication with the Maya Angela book. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be cool, too, to see if they could draw parallels between the, the poems. Very yes. Cool. That is very cool. And also, I mean, I could take them to the library talking about classical music, classical paintings, and do what you were going to do with, um, you know, how could you relate the particular poems to the classical paintings and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we all think alike. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, listeners, this is all we have time for today. We hope you've enjoyed our first ever theme, or not our first ever. My goodness, where's my head? We hope you've enjoyed our newest book talk theme talk episode on poetry you can tell we are very excited about this topic we love poetry be we sure do. to check out our blogs we are linking up this month we have tons of ideas i know for a fact that um i have a freebie and i'm sure there might be some other free resources out there too so be sure to visit us um at our blogs because we've really outdone ourselves this time curating a lot of cool stuff for you to look at be sure to tune in next week for our discussion we'll be talking about how to teach kids to research i get tired thinking about that one (laughs) you like what you hear give us a shout out leave a comment or rate us on your listening platform and we'll be here next week because you teach so hard 